Well, a huge shout out of thanks from me to you guys, because so many of you, you leveraged this disaster, uh, this, this problem, but you saw it as an opportunity to serve other people. And I tell you, I could not be more proud um, and thankful, more humble to be the pastor of Momentum Church than I am. You guys are amazing. We literally, I'm telling you, because your love for God is so strong, this community has been touched. And, and that's just an incredible thing. So thank you. So many of you guys. Uh, you know, we, we met this lady, Mary. Mary lost her husband. Um, Mary, you know, I'm guessing here, but Mary's probably in her early 60s, which means she's young. And she all alone, though, just alone. She's, she's alone. Husband died. She lost everything. And uh, so many of our people are over there helping her out. She had nobody. She had no family. She had no one to call. And because you guys are radical Jesus followers who together, and I love that word together. That's in our mission statement. We are together. I love that. And what happens when we come together are great things. And, and we here, here's the truth. If you're new today, I just want to say thank you for coming. We're so glad that you're here. But here, here's, our, here's our heart. We... we we're experiencing growth and God's doing amazing things and momentum. But for us, and we want to continue to grow and reach everyone. We just think Jesus came for everybody and we think everyone needs to be reached, you know, with his love. And so um, it ought to be a church without walls. But, but the truth is this, is that it's not so much about how many people we get in here as it is how many people we get out there being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's not, not about coming to church. It's about being the church. And this week, we were able to be the church. And I'm so, I'm so thankful. Thank you guys so much for everything that you did. There are people that lost literally everything. They lost everything. Our, our worship pastor, Matt and Elizabeth, they lost, they lost everything. Um, could not believe. I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. Um, just, just couldn't believe what I saw. It just broke my heart for people. You know, and, and we have Jesus, you know, hopefully you're here. Hopefully if you don't have him right now, hopefully you have him in a few minutes at the invitation that you'll say yes to Jesus, you know, because I mean, you, you hear stories about people getting up in the attic and, and the water coming all the way up to their ceiling and they're trapped in the attic. And this was in your neighborhood, Matt. There are people on top of the roof with 70,000 lightning strikes in an hour, right? And they're out there with chainsaws cutting open, open the roof. To rescue these people, you know, and these were just people like us. This, it was just people, regular people had a boat and said, I have to do something. For me, I can't just, you know, you know, um, just watch it. I've got to do something. And, you know, we, some of y'all, you wanted to do something. Maybe you couldn't get there, you know. I, I get that part of it too. But uh, we, all can, we all can do a couple of things. Number one, we can all pray. Praying is free. And praying is the most powerful thing we can do. You with me? So we can all pray for these people. Number two, we can give. I want to ask you just right out of the gate, just first thing, hello. I want to ask you to give. I want to ask you to give big, like sacrificially. The Bible says it's, it's, it's better to give than to receive. And I don't know about you, but, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that one. I kind of like receiving pretty good, you know. But Jesus said he, he knew something that we only find out. When we give, and the greater we give, it's not how much you give, it's how great do you sacrifice. And, um, but, but when we give, there's something that comes inside that replaces money, and it's called joy, and you can't buy that stuff. 
And that's amazing. And when you help someone out, maybe you're praying or you're, you're helping them, you're working, or maybe you're giving. It's just something to it. I've had people call from all over the country, from Tampa to Tennessee to Louisiana, saying to Atlanta, Georgia, how can we help? We want to help. Here's how you can help. You can pray. We always say that. But I, I'm not ashamed to say you can give. And uh, you can go on MomentumChurch.org, and you can go to give, and a drop box will come down, and you cl- click, is it flood relief? Is that right? That's the, the, the words, flood relief. Click on that, and I promise you, I promise you, every penny that comes in, if we get $10 million, we will thank God for $10 million, and we'll do what we normally do, and that is we will put the money back in the community. And every penny that comes in, we will not absorb it. We will leverage it to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The great, the, the need is great. It's unbelievable. And, and though maybe some of us have not been affected by it because we weren't affected by it, there are people that they don't know what to do. There are people right behind this school. Let me think, which way are we? Okay, so like right over here, that they're still in a fishbowl. There's still three foot of water. There's still water in their house. And they're in there. I heard the story yesterday of a woman who's pregnant in her house with kids. She's pregnant. And there's, you know, basically sewer water standing in her house. And um, she, what, what do you do? She doesn't know what to do. You know, where do I go? I, I, I don't know. So that's when it's time for the church to stand up. And I'm so proud of our church because you did stand up. You did turn out. And I'm so thankful for you guys. Way to go. And it's not over. It's not over yet, man. There's still a lot of work to do. To a lot of work to do. And, and you know what I love about this? Is this message, really, we're in a series, Gone Fishing. And yet this message is going to kind of interrupt it a little bit. And that's okay. We'll finish the series next Sunday. But this series is really how we, or this message today is really how we started this series. We, we talked about, as we live it out, the world finds out. That was actually one of the takeaways. As we live it out, as we live out the gospel... As we're the hands and feet of Jesus, the world finds out the power and the truth and the hope of Jesus. And so I'm excited, um, excited today. If you have your Bibles, would you go to Isaiah? Isaiah, Isaiah, if you got your smartphones, your tablets, go to Isaiah. And we're going to, we're going to read just a couple verses here. And I, I want to say this, that um, if you don't have a Bible... Man, I want to tell you about YouVersion. YouVersion is a uh, is an amazing gift that Life Church blessed the world with, and uh, you can download it for free on your your tablet, your smartphone, your laptop. You can get it on there, and there you have the scripture. You got the Bible right there. Your devotional, it's just all kinds of stuff. It's got videos on there. It's a it's just like amazing protein. It's going to help you grow big and strong. So if you don't have a Bible like this. No problem. If you have this, you can have the Bible right here and have it with you always. And so I want to encourage you to do that. In just a minute, we're going to look at Isaiah. We're going to read some verses. And, you know, today, I understand that today is, um, for a lot of people, hard. Very hard. Because reality is set in. And there are a lot of people, not just Matt and Elizabeth, but a lot of people that have lost a lot. Well, you had a friend. You had a family member. You had a neighbor. You had a relative that they lost, and, and the need, the need is great. And then I think about like those people in the attic. I think like, what would they have done without Jesus? You know, if they didn't get rescued, if someone didn't cut the hole in their roof, and someone rescued them out, like what would have happened to them eternally? 
You feel the weight of that? That's like crazy. That's, that, that's, that's the weight that I feel every day because people need the Lord. And this has given us a great opportunity to serve people. But it's given us a great opportunity to share with people the hope of Jesus. I just want to strengthen your faith a little bit this morning if I can do that. And just say that, you know, don't be ashamed. Don't need to be ashamed of God. Don't be ashamed. Man, he's, he's good. Even in the storm. You know, when you go fishing, um, you can find yourself in a storm. I'm going to tell this story. Um, <laughs> when we first moved here from Tampa two years ago, my uh, community group, we were going through this book. And if you're a man, you want to get this book, you want to read it. If you're a woman, you want to get this book for your man and have him read it. It's called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. I read it several years ago. Totally rocked my world. Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. You want to get it. If you're a woman and, and, and if you're a mother or just a wife, you ought to read the book just so you can. It will help you with your boys, help you with your husband. Amazing book. Amazing book. Wild at Heart. Can I say it one more time? Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. You ought to get that book and read it. Great read. Well, we were doing life together as a community group, which that's what we're all about. We, we're growing bigger, right? We're growing bigger in every gathering, 9 and 11. It's like more and more people are coming and praise God. But we know this. As we grow larger, we have to grow smaller. We, want you, we don't want you to be you know, like, yeah, it just got too big and I don't know anyone. No, no, no. If you want to know someone, we have a system for that. It's community groups. Get in group. And so we're leading this group and wild at heart. It's all about, man, it's just awesome. We're reading it. And so Jaden comes home. Jaden is my almost nine-year-old. He comes home from school. And I got out the kayak and I said, Jaden, come on, man. Let's go kayaking. And Frankie lived with us at the time. I said, come on, Frankie. Let's go kayaking. I wrote my wife a note. We're going kayaking. Don't worry about us. We'll be okay. Then I thought, okay, now what could go wrong here? And I I thought, you know what? I better put sunscreen on Jaden or I'm going to get in trouble. And um, I better make sure that I've got a life jacket or we're going to get in trouble. The problem was the life jacket was too small for Jaden, um, but I definitely got a lot of um, white stuff all over his face, man. I sprayed him down head to toe. And we get in there, and we get ready to launch out. And as we get ready to launch out, Frankie, you were in front. You remember this? You were in the front. I was in the back, and I kind of pushed us off. And uh, as I pushed us off, I had two uh, paddles, right? One for him. He's got a paddle on either side, one for me. And, and as I got this one... Um, I, I went down, and right when I did, I, I guess it just kind of had dry rotted. Uh, it just snapped. That should have been my first sign to not do this. So now we're down to like one and a half paddles, and we launch out. And uh, as we get, as we go a little bit further out, there was a channel. I just learned this last gathering, so I'm not incredibly, I'm not trying to impress you here. I thought it was a mile marker, <laughs> and they were laughing last gathering. They're like, no, that's a channel marker. There was a channel marker out there in the water and um, had this reflective thing on it. And so we're like, man, we get there, we'll almost be there. And, and it looked like from where we started, it looked like that literally was probably, probably three-fourths of the way there once we got to the channel marker. The problem was it was just the opposite. It's about one-fourth the way there. And then there was way more water on the other side of that so here we go we're launching out man we we get there and whew, it's a good workout it's a good workout we walk down and and uh, make a sandcastle and, and it's starting to get late and i said oh, oh, oh we, we gotta go man we gotta go so we get back in the thing and we're coming back to the other side and um the wind had picked up it had picked up huge 
and the waves in the sound. Are you kidding me? In the sound, there were big waves in the sound and waves. Water was coming into the kayak and and we we were rowing. We would row like three or four times. And, and that was just to get the boat to do this and then just move a little bit. And then the wind would do this again. So needless to say, um, the time, the amount of time it took us to get there, it probably was at least, what, three times that to get back. And at one point, so much water was coming in the boat, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to float. I mean, it was crazy. I, I had this Evian bottle of water that we brought, you know, and make sure we didn't dehydrate. And I'm dumping that out to use that thing in our boat, you know, trying to get the water in it to dump it out because so much water was coming in. What are we going to do, man? We're paddle trying to get the water out and we're just making no progress. And a storm is, is just, man, it was crazy. My wife was crazy. <laughs> she was, she was waiting. She was, she was calling friends. They couldn't find us. What's going on. She was worried and concerned like a, a good woman would be for her husband and son. And, and, um, she's, She's out there with neighbors looking. And so finally, we make it back to the other side. And as we make it back to the other side, she's out there. And I'm, I see a look on her face. And I'm like, Frankie, go back. Like, this isn't good, man. Go back. Go back. Go back. You know? And she was, man, she was, you know, she's like, Tim Payne. You know, it was more like Timothy Jason Payne. You know, that's when you know you're in trouble. Timothy Jason Payne. And she said, man, she started asking me. You know, does he have sunscreen on? He better have, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, like we almost died out there, you know. And uh, please grill me later, you know. I just, just, just want to get down and rest. But I'll never forget at a moment in that boat, it went from fun to not so much fun. It went from adventure, like Wild at Heart talks about, that there's an adventure to live. There's a battle to fight. There's a beauty to rescue. There was an adventure to live. But at a certain point, that adventure turned, and we were really, really concerned with what was happening in our life right then. I mean, it was scary. There are people here today that you are affected by the storm. You're wondering, why, why? Can somebody tell me why? There are some people here today, the storm, like, you're a good person, you have a heart for people, but... Everything at your house, like mine, was fine. Nothing, nothing's wrong. Everything's normal. And then you have some of your homes like Matt that's already been gutted out. And the drywall is out and the sink is out and the cabinets are out. And it's like a shell of a home. But if you're like me, though, and, and your home is fine, you might still be here today in a storm. And I, I thought about it because really the truth is when you go fishing, sometimes you find yourself in a, in a storm. I don't know what kind of storm maybe you're going through, but I felt led to just try to bring a message of hope and encouragement to you guys. And it's found in Isaiah. There's some of the most powerful words that were spoken in the Bible. It was spoken from this prophet by the name of Isaiah. I want us to look together. Isaiah 43. Would you go there? Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. going to read the first five verses. It's on the screen if you don't have it. Um, Isaiah 43, 1 through 5. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. Just in case you didn't know it, God created us, right? And the Bible says that, that while we were in our mother's womb, God literally knit us together. Like God was in on the details of your life. 
And so that's why you can just accept yourself for who you are, because God doesn't make junk. God has no junk drawers. You are made by him and you are formed. The Bible says, I love this part. Do not be afraid. Would you say that with me? Do not be afraid. This is what I want you to remember today. And I'll I'll tell you why in just a minute. But I want you to remember today, no matter where you are, if your marriage is in a storm and you guys just you're not getting along. It's like, man, you look at each other and you just start fighting. You know, you're just always like right there. You like jump, you know, it's just right there. Maybe your relationship is is really. You're stressing about your relationship. You're going through tough times. Maybe you're here financially. Whether storm or no storm, you're just like, man, I don't know. Like you're here, you you don't have a job and you've been without a job for a year. And you're like, God, I need a job. And you're wondering, like, why is the water in my boat? Like, why isn't this working out? Why is this so hard? Why, 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 why? You have more questions than you have answers. The first thing I want to say to you is what Isaiah said here. And he says, do not be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. There are a lot of things that we have to be, but one of them that we don't have to be is afraid. You, you may need to be concerned about a situation, but God says, do not be afraid. Why? Why don't I have to be afraid? Look at the verse. For I have ransomed you. He is the Savior. He, he ransoms people. He, he goes in. He moves towards the mess. It's what I loved about our volunteers and some of the pictures you'll see later where our volunteers, even yesterday, they're in water up to here and they're moving towards the mess to help people. That's what Jesus did. That's what we're going to do. We're always going to move toward the mess. Dirty faith, Matt, like you said, dirty faith. We're moving. We don't have to be afraid. Why? Because God ransoms us. And I love this next couple. He says this, I will be with you. So I'd like to tie those two thoughts together. Do not be afraid because I am with you. Do not be afraid because I'm with you. Or we could say it like this. Do not be afraid. Or I don't have to be afraid because God is with me. Let's try that one. I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because God is with me. I lost my job. I don't have to be afraid because God is with me. God can give me another job, a better job. When I was in Tampa, Florida, I had a couple, we'd stand down front and pray with people and a family was coming forward and, and a great, great family. I knew who they were and they're coming forward and the husband's just awesome. He's just a man's man, you know, and they came down front and he started weeping. I mean, he just let loose, just, just, and he said, you know, he's in the banking industry. He had a phenomenal position, phenomenal, and he lost it. And he's like, man, I don't know what we're going to do. And we prayed right then and there. And I prayed these words. I said, God, I pray that this week you'll not only give him a job, but I pray you'll give him the best job he ever, ever had. And on Wednesday, that was on Sunday. On Wednesday, he called me on the phone and I thought he was crying down here. Now, when he called me and left me a message, he was crying. He said, he's just going on, just crying. You're not going to believe what God did. And he got a job making, he's making phenomenal money for God, like, did this. You with me? He's our savior. In other words, we don't have to be afraid because God is with me. I don't have to be afraid because God is with me. My marriage is struggling. Okay, well, I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because God is with me. You're a teenager and you're, you're struggling. You're struggling in an area. You don't have to be afraid. Other people laughing at you, making fun of you. you no, 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 no. I'm. No, 
Teflon. This not, doesn't have to stick to me because I have someone who is with me, who is the creator of heaven and earth. The Bible says not only did he create in this chapter, not only did God create the heavens and the earth. Thank God I didn't come from a monkey. I'm just saying. May have been questions sometimes, but I'm telling you, I didn't come from a fish. God made heaven and earth. And you want to be impressed? I, I try real hard. And I'll tell you what impressed me in just a second. But I'm trying real hard as the church grows to continue to memorize names because names are important and it's hard. And you know what I hate more than anything? I hate when I see someone I know and I can't remember their name. I hate that. Has that ever happened to you? You're like, hey, man, how are you? Good. All right, bro. See you. What's my name? Ah! You know, I'm, I, I'm trying really hard to memorize names. Let me tell you what impresses me. The Bible says that God calls every star out by name and he never forgets one. Stars that the scientists cannot even see yet. God knows them and he calls everyone out by name. That's who is with us if you're a Jesus follower. And that's the reason why we don't have to be afraid. Are you with me? If you just lost everything, you lost all your furniture, you lost everything in your house, you lost your vehicle, you don't have insurance, but you had car insurance, whatever it is. I want to tell you something. God is with you. And if you are a Jesus follower, then God Almighty is your father and he is rich and he is wealthy and he is giving and he is loving and he is protecting and he did not fall asleep. He was not bored. He didn't drift off. He didn't doze off. He knew exactly what was happening in your life and he did it to make you stronger and God will help you through it. You understand what I'm saying? And as the body of Jesus Christ, we're going to help you through it. We're not going to look away. It's not over yet. Yeah, the sun this is a beautiful beach day. And there's people over there with three foot of water in their house. We're not going to give up. We're going to help every person. I said earlier, I said, you know, if um, I said to the first gathering, if we had $10 million come in, people are giving churches or churches are supporting. I don't know if you know this. There are churches today in Tennessee and in Tampa and in Louisiana that they're saying to their church, to their congregation, because it's not about the little C church. It's about the big C church. It's about his kingdom is way bigger than this one church. You see what I'm saying? And there are people saying support momentum because they're going to leverage every penny to help their community. Isaiah 43 says this. When you go, verse 2, through the deep waters. There's some of you, you're in deep water right now. God says, when you go through the deep waters, again, he says, I will be with you. I love the first part of verse one. He says, don't be afraid. I've ransomed you and I've called you by name. You are mine. You are mine. And then he says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, flood or no flood, how many people be honest today? How many, how many of you sitting out there say, Tim, I'm going through like rivers of difficulty in my life right now. You may have mentioned four, maybe not, but man, I'm going through some difficult situations. Would you raise your hand? You say, man, I'm going through some difficult situations. Hold it up real high. Okay. Cause this is going to encourage people today. And now keep your hand up. Everyone turn around. And look, I want to turn around. And look, you know why I'm doing this? Look how many people are going through hard times. Sometimes when you go through hard times, doesn't it just feel like it's just you? Like it's just you going through it. God says this. He says, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. 
the flames will not consume you. My grandmother used to make buttermilk biscuits. Anyone here ever had a buttermilk biscuit? Ooh, son. Oh, come on. We can just stop preaching right there and just go eat. Mmm. I hate buttermilk. Oh, I hate buttermilk. When I was a student pastor, I would do this game where we'd have drinks and blindfold them. And, and, and they'd, they'd have to run up to the thing. They, they'd they'd uh, drink it and they'd have to say what it is. It was a taste test. Pepsi, Coke, you know, Dr. Pepper, Diet Coke, whatever. And then they'd get to the end. And I told them, you rip off your mask. They'd rip it off and they looked at what they thought was milk. But it wasn't milk. It was buttermilk. And they'd, they'd say, milk! And then they'd chug it. It wasn't milk. It was buttermilk. Buttermilk's nasty to me anyways. Um, maybe you like it. Um, we, we have prayer people in the back, but no, I'm just teasing. But it is nasty. But man, you take that and you put other ingredients in there and you make some buttermilk biscuits. Woo, son. Man, you put that on top of your head, your tongue would beat your brains trying to get to it. It is amazing, amazing buttermilk biscuits. Honey and butter, come on. Y'all getting hungry, aren't you? You're like, Tim, you could do something about that. <laughs> just land the plane. Um, but grandma would make all, all those ingredients come together. And then she would take she would take the stuff that didn't taste very good if you just dipped your finger in it. And she'd put it in the fire, right? She'd put it in the oven, make sure that temperature was real hot. And out would come something that would make your mouth water. And man, would make your, your uh, taste buds dance. It was amazing. Sometimes God allows things to come into our life that, that aren't good, but they work together for good. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know, not and we hope, and we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus. They're working together. Don't give up. Don't quit in the pit. Don't you quit. This is making you. This is building you and God is with you. The Bible says, verse three, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your savior. I have, I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given exchange. They were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid. Once again, why? For I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. God's got a word for us today. And that word is that I don't have to be afraid because God is with me. In other words, when life spins out of control, I don't have to be afraid. God can be trusted. I will not be afraid. And to prove it, there's this guy named Moses. And Moses goes, and he goes, didn't even want to go to Pharaoh. I mean, he had ran from Pharaoh. Pharaoh wanted to kill him. And God said, go back to him. It's interesting to me how God oftentimes will make sure that the very thing we run from is a thing that we end up running to. And he told him to head back that way. And he gets back that way, and he stands before Pharaoh, the mightiest man in the world, and he stands before him. He grew up with this guy, by the way. 
And he says, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not letting your people go. They're staying right here. And plague after plague after plague and death angel. That's a whole nother message. We'll, we'll preach sometime. But death angel is the last plague. And the death angel passes. And if you have the blood applied to the door of your family, which represented the cross, the death angel would pass over you. But everyone else that didn't have blood applied to their door saying, we believe the death angel took their firstborn. And so there was a lot of loud crying that next early morning. There were people that that woke up and their firstborn son was dead. Crying, screaming all throughout. And Pharaoh says, get out of here. Get out of here. And Israel rejoices and they make the exodus out of Egypt, and they exit. And then the problem is that they come to a lot of water, and Pharaoh has sent his army after them to kill them because he changed his mind, and he's angry. And now they're stuck between, between death and no hope. What do you do when you're stuck between death and no hope? You look up. That's what Moses did. Moses looked up and he prayed to God and his own people wanted to kill him. They want to get rid of Moses. But Moses cried out to God, what do you do when you're in the boat and you're in a storm? You cry out to Jesus and you keep your eyes up and you keep your eyes on him and you praise him in everything. Give thanks. Even if I lost you, tell me, give thanks. Even if I lost everything. You'd be surprised how God will intersect your faith with his faithfulness if you will praise him in the storm, if you'll trust him in the storm, if you'll cry out to him in the middle of your storm, whether it's your marriage or your children. Maybe you're here, you're empty nesters, and you have kids. They're off. They're doing their own thing, and they're, they're, you're very concerned. You're very worried. Cry out to Jesus. Maybe you're a college student. You're like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make it through a major, I don't know, cry out, ask God for help. He loves you. He knows your name. Moses cried out, and God, prayer, by the way, prayer, is the nerve that moves the omnipotent hand of God. And Moses cries out. He cries out for help, and God parts the sea. And it goes up really high. And they walk through on dry ground. And they get out and they walk through on dry ground. And you know what's crazy? What's crazy is they get out on dry ground. And here comes Pharaoh's armies right after them. And when that last Israelite stepped across, God went. And the waters collapsed. And it killed the entire army because God, God, God protects his own. So when God says, hey, when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. Moses had already led them through deep waters with a miracle of deep waters and dry ground. That doesn't happen. And and then the other thing says, when you go through the fire, you're not going to be burned. There were these guys, I want to tell you this and I'll close, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, King Nebuchadnezzar, there's a statue made. Everyone was to bow down and worship him. You know, culture today tells us that we ought to do stuff too. 
I do certain stuff. Everyone's doing it. Just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean it's right. But these three guys, they were like, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bend. And our God will protect us. We believe he can. God, Nebuchadnezzar, we'll give you one more time. Everyone bow down and worship this. But they knew what the Bible said. And the Bible, the Ten Commandments said, do not bow down and worship anyone but me, God. That's what God said. And these boys knew, even though their life were, was at stake, and thousands of people are bowing down, there's three dudes standing up. Hello, we're sticking out like a sore thumb. Not going to go well. No, I know. It's been nice knowing you. And he's so furiated that he tells them, heat up the furnace seven times. And the guy that ends up throwing them in, he dies, right? He dies because the fire is so hot. The guy heating it up, he dies. And they bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they throw them in this fire for the flames to make them pay for their stubbornness. But you know what happened? A miracle happened. So many times, if we're not careful, we'll miss the miracle. The miracle happens in the mess. It happens in the mess. Let me say it again. The miracle happens in the mess. The man couldn't see. He took dirt and he spit in it. That's messy. That's gross. Ooh. He put it on his eyes and the dude didn't care. The man didn't care because all of a sudden he could see for the first time. The miracle happens in the mess. And all of a sudden it's messy. Where are you, God? They said to their authority, hey, man, we, we, hail king, but we're, we're not going to do that. And, and we know but we're not going to do it. God tells us not to, but the God we serve, he can deliver us, but we're just not going to do it. No offense to you, but we serve someone bigger, someone stronger, someone greater than you. And and, and we're not going to bow to you. We're going to bow to him, even if it means we're going to burn. And they kept their faith to the very end and they're thrown into the furnace. And all of a sudden... You know what happens, right? Have you ever heard the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Ben? All of a sudden, they are loose in the middle of the fire. In the middle of what they thought was death. Game over. The end. That is what set them free. And Nebuchadnezzar couldn't believe what he saw. He's like, holy cow. I, we threw three in, and all of a sudden I see four, and they're around walking. I mean, they were doing this. They're around walking. They were not burned and he says, the fourth one I see, he didn't even believe in the God that they served. That's why he was killing him, because he was God. He says, but the fourth person that I see looks like the son of God. In, in theology, we call it a Christophany. It's a pre-appearance of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is God, Jesus has always been. Jesus was not, he didn't get a start when he was born as a baby. He's part of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And here in the Old Testament, Jesus decides to show up without being invited. And he shows up and wrecks the party in the middle of the fire. You know why he went in the fire? Because he's always in the fire when you're in the fire. He'll never allow you to be in the fire and not be with you in the fire. And if he leads you to it, he will lead you through it. And sometimes the only way we can be able to sing a song and not just stand on Sundays and sing, you know, sing a song, how great is our God? Because we don't know how great is our God. But when you experience that you were in the fire and he was in the fire with you and he set you free from the fire and you were not only not burned, but you didn't even smell like smoke 
when you got out of the fire. Then all of a sudden when you sing a song like, how great is our God? You're not just sitting there checking Facebook. You're like, oh no, how great is our God? Is everything we're singing is true. He's the real deal. It's true. And I don't know about you, but he is awesome. And he's awesome to be praised.